shatter the vein. Cheers, Brad. Cheers. To Vainglory. Vainglory. All right. Yeah, this is the 200th episode of Shadow the Vein. My name is Brad Chmielewski, and this is a podcast all about Vainglory. And to celebrate and, I guess, ring in this moment, I have Palm by Ukrainian joining me. Welcome. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure as always, Brad, and thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be on your final final podcast I, I don't think i can have i don't think there's a bigger honor uh, yeah i'm sure it says in the description and the video but yeah this is going to be the last episode of shadow the vein um i think it was fitting to have you be a part of this one you've been such a important force in vainglory and gangstars is now leaving vainglory as well for now uh so kind of both of us saying goodbye to it all i know you've already written and shared a huge blog post about all the memories and uh, yeah. what went down a little bit more so <laughs> i haven't done that so this is yeah. more uh, mine and are, are you going to do that i will probably yes there's probably be something i have written up and shared after recording this episode that i'll put out with this episode so yeah look for that you should yeah you know uh maybe uh, uh it may be a lot of what i say on here and just a lot of those thoughts but it's always fun to write it down and like just transcribe it <laughs> basically <laughs> some people you know some people like to read some people like to watch you got to give them both options right yeah uh cool uh yeah it's really sad to see knowing that this is coming to an end and I think Gangstar is leaving as well. I think it's going to, a lot of people felt that and it feels like the shakeup in the community that uh, I think needs to happen for the game to move forward for them. I think uh, personally, I feel like a lot of people who have been holding on to it all need to leave and let a new group of people raise it up a little bit. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm seeing. And I think it's a, a good moment to walk away as well. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if you feel that way too. Like yeah. uh, that, we need we need fresh blood to come into the game and like not hold on to maybe some of the things that some of us are holding on to. And like, this is the way it was done, but it's not the way it is done anymore. Um, I definitely agree. All the new blood is always good. You know, mm -hmm. I think we've been waiting for years in some ways um, to see a new wave of people come in. We had these discussions. I know a year, two years ago, <laughs> where you know, we looked at the competitive players and it's the same, almost the same players, you know, year after year. Um, you know, the, the names, you know, they're just switching organizations. Right. Uh, or, or in some cases, new swapping, people is always good. swapping each other's names. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just wanted to take a step back and say, you know, you mentioned we were a big part of Vainglory. Well, you you are a huge part of Vainglory, oh, or where, I guess, at this point. But... <laughs> Just wanted to give you props for doing so much in this scene. The fact that this is 200th episode should <laughs> the kind of you know um, you're the kind of guy that you don't need to talk much because your work speaks for itself. Oh, thanks. Right. I, I don't need to tell people you have a history. I just need to say you made 200 episodes. Like I don't even need to say that. It's out there. So, um, and that's just shadow the vein. And then you made so many videos playing the game. And then yeah. you made different series inside of that. You made like Catherine series, this and that series. Do you know how many total videos you have dedicated to Vainglory over the last um, whatever years? I'd have to, not off the top of my head, I'd have to look, but it's a lot of videos. It was over a year of me doing videos 
every day. That's every freaking day. And that's, that's exhausting. Like anyone out there who's done daily projects or even weekly projects, it burns you out fast. So when you can make it a year or make it 200 episodes, you're, yeah, <laughs> you're exhausted to some degree. Daily, anything is hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people sometimes have trouble brushing their teeth every day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're doing uh, at least an hour worth of work. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, I guess so incredible. Thank so thank you for being in community. Really, um, really glad to be mad. Really glad uh, uh, we had a chance to even have you in GS, even though you know your brand was always separate and um, mm. as it should be. Uh, but just the fact that we get a chance to hang out and talk, um, I, I you know being around people who contribute and create is fantastic. So yeah. For sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, it'll be fun. And I have to see where it all all leads me to now that I'm not part of this game. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Fortnite channel. <clears throat> Fortnite channel, yeah. I, I am so bad at first-person shooters. Like, it, I, I would just be the worst channel there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but going, like, way back, I'd love to... One share. I'm going to share how I got into the game, and then how you maybe got into the game. I know it was in your post, and it's always share nice some to stories. yeah we can share some memories, some stories. Not get all upset at what's in the game currently or what's bugging us now. Like what made the game great. Uh, so when I got into the game, I know a lot of people have come on this episode and talked about the Apple Keynote and that kind of thing. But I had came across Vanglory even before that because I was watching Ciderhelm stuff from League of Legends, and he was making amazing content for League of Legends and I was just getting into the game because it came over to the Mac of what was it like two or three years after the game had started so once it came over to the Mac I kind of checked it out then yeah. and Ciderhelm's videos were some of the best he had books and just insane guides so he kind of disappeared and then I found out that he went to go work for Super Evil Megacorp to work on a MOBA which was really exciting this basically this content creator you like really liked, you find out they're doing something in a game that was similar. I was I was all on board and I was waiting for releases and when this game was gonna come available. So then the Apple Keynote happened and of course I had to get on the game when it was in the SEA region, um, which you know was always a headache, which still is a headache for everyone that makes accounts for pre-release games, if it's Brawl Stars or arena valor whatever's out there it's, it sucks i forgot i forgot my passwords so i could never even go back to any of the other stores at this point but uh so that was what 2014 like late 2014 and then i started the podcast uh it was thanksgiving day or the day after thanksgiving the first episode dropped in 2014 so uh yeah i fell in love with the game like instantly and realize like oh there's going to be something here and something that i want to talk about uh passionately for a long time and i was also bored of league of legends and uh wasn't really having as much fun in that game and so this idea of a mobile moba uh that was brand new that i could learn with as it expanded was really exciting that's kind of me getting into the game early on uh how about what about you it's an awesome story man um Mine is way simpler. <laughs> I was a software engineer doing, um, I developed apps for iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I was working on, it doesn't matter, but I was, that's my job. And so I would go to Apple events or at least watch them religiously because it's essentially part of my job when they announce new hardware. 
Sure. And then, of course, during a developers conference when I announced new software. Um, and I saw the game. Frankly, I thought it was stupid at first <laughs> because, because I just couldn't understand what it is about. <clears throat> uh, it was my first MOBA experience as well. And I looked at the commercial, I thought, okay, they're just trying to show off Kraken and just some graphics. But it was interesting enough to me uh, from a geek point of view because I bought a new iPhone every year mm -hmm. uh, because I love how fast they improve the graphics chip. So I wanted to see, you know, when I got the new iPhone and I wanted to see what it is capable of, I remembered Vainglory on this, you know, plus of course the scarf on Tommy, like I actually <laughs> yeah. could not forget that. And I really liked it and I appreciate, appreciated Tommy bringing the scarf game uh, to, to the, to Apple keynote. So uh, download the game, started playing it. And I realized it's a really cool game. Mm -hmm. uh, I really liked the mechanics and the you know ideas and all of that. So that was my start. Um, yeah, it's, it is funny, like, when you go back and look at that keynote, that it really was just a, hey, look at how pretty stuff is. There was no gameplay. <laughs> it was <Yeah>. just... <laughs> it was cracking and then shatter, the, the vein shattering or exploding. Yeah. I think that's butter, I think was some thing. butterflies, maybe, like, a pan around the fold to see, like, yeah. some of the particles that were floating in there, but that was it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, whatever it was, it was enough to, I think... A lot of people like us to, to think I should check it out. So, mm -hmm. and that that game them. seemed to pop, or Vanglory popped more than uh, there was the next year. I think there was a game like a mech game that was even more powerful and took advantage mm -hmm. of a different graphics card. And then the recent ones about like the AR games and stuff. But for some reason, Vanglory did take off a little more than those other games. Like they, I think, had a a better product that was more put together and more tested than just look at how pretty this is. The scarf. Yeah, it was, it was just the scarf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you can't underestimate, uh, the, the, looking good. All right. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but, but then coming from league, uh, those games as, when Vanglory kind of started to come out, those league games were starting to last about an hour. Um, I know that was yeah. due to their balancing and just issues they have with the game that it often goes a long time. So an idea that I could play for 15 minutes in the, like in the living room, like with my wife, not in the office at the computer for an hour and a half, I could at least be in the same room playing something was really appealing. Um, and that was one thing that I really liked about the game. Like, oh, I can play for yeah. 15 minutes or 30 minutes, maybe if I get two games in, and it's enough to like hit that urge to have some some sort of entertainment that's not TV, and you're in and out pretty quickly. Yeah, no, definitely it was it was great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I played mobile games for a while, and uh, before that, I obviously played PC games and PlayStation. And one thing I always wanted to see is a good mobile game. Mm. Right, something that's not just popping bubbles or, um, you know, puzzles and so forth. And I think um, there were a few interesting games on iPhone at the time uh, that were artistically great. You know, they're well made. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I don't know if Monument Valley was <laughs> was there yet. Um, around that time, yeah. Around that time-ish, somewhere. Uh, but you know, Vanguard was the first really in-depth game multiplayer in this game right because there was not really a multiplayer experience uh, yeah. on mobile devices that was this in-depth and the controls were this good so that was very something i was really much looking forward to you know i had uh, the controller like 
for iPhones, Apple TVs, whatever. Mm -hmm. I bought, never really used it. Um, I, because I was always looking for this way of playing something on mobile that has great control scheme. Yeah. Um, and I found that in Vainglory. So that, that's what really pulled me in. Um, Yeah, that, that there's something about like looking back now that the 5v5 has come out and thinking about the fold and the Kraken, there was like magic coming into that game that I don't know might have had that same experience coming from or if the 5v5 was there now because it was different. It stood out as everything else from the PC world that was 5v5 MOBAs. Uh, Heroes of the Storm had its own mechanic and different maps, so it was different. And then you come into Vanglory, this one lane, very big jungle, and yeah, it, it was different. It didn't feel like you had to know how to play the other ones to play this, and vice versa. You could have your own strategy, play this, and that steampunk vibe. I love that. It was when the yeah. first version came out, it was like... It doesn't look that great. It doesn't look as lush as it does now, but it had that like dirty, grungy kind of feel, and I, I like that, and I still like that. Yep. Uh, yep. Just like our logo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's grungy. It has character. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, there's this personality there. Not to say like the what they've put into five v five and everything there. It is incredible that they built an entire game in a year. So. Uh, kudos to them on, on that like that's amazing uh so over the, yeah. over these years like then you fell in love with this game early on and you started gang stars right or you became you found some friends to basically put together gang stars right um well as i put out on twitter recently they actually found me um <laughs> i i did go online and start looking into sort of communities so i saw a uh, play of beards post on the forums saying if you're looking for other people in north america you know download this line app yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and we're gonna put you in this group or something and i think flying fox was managing uh the groups in there at, at the time and so once i got into the group you know i started playing with some people and eventually sfix approached me a player in Bangalore, and she said um listen i have a couple other friends here and we should start we should start a guild or a clan or whatever and I said, cool, why don't you guys start it? Yeah. They said, well, I don't know, don't really want to manage it. You look like the managing type. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, sure, uh, let, why not? Let's go. It's it's a lot more fun to play with friends. So yeah, we put it together and then we, uh, Spix and I were discussing names, you know, and trying to figure out what to call it. And I wanted something aggressive. She wanted something flowery and um, or dreamy or um, a bit more soft, right? Mm -hmm. So if she wanted something with stars or few other things uh, I like stars the most because I can relate to dreaming and achieving your dreams sort of um, you know philosophy yeah uh, aim no you can't aim too high kind of thing and nothing's impossible um, and you know but I wanted to do something with ganking because it's a MOBA or mm -hmm. uh, some some of sort so we just combine it at the end and uh, honestly I'm very happy with that because getting a lot of compliments now on the name yeah it's, it's original and it's different so mm -hmm. and it feels uh, it feels tough too like it has that like we're talking about like grungy personality the gangster right? the gangster yeah, part of it kind of is there it's, where you're it's tough and soft at the same time <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah finding that community early on i know i resisted downloading line like i had never been 
in like a World of Warcraft guild or any of that kind of world. So I was, I am pretty much just a solo person that plays any of these games. So I was fine playing solo queue. And once you do find those people, it, it's a whole different world and really does make the game a lot more fun. And you, you won a lot more if you would just team up with some people that were good. You realize like, oh, we could just crush because we're going to play the three strongest heroes and win. But so <laughs> that was always interesting early on once you realized that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was mirror drafts were great. Mm-hmm. You could you could um, you could have the same heroes on both sides, too. Right. Um, I Stop know it. Mexi had a tweet or posted on Reddit recently about how like, the early games of the early days of the game, you just played the game because there was no ranked or casual queue. It was all the same queue. So you just played yeah. with no idea of how much you were winning or losing and your skill tier would just all of a sudden change at one point. And you're like, oh, that's cool. I, I yeah. leveled up, but yeah. I have no one to tell except if I'm online or I could go on the forums because that was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, mm. And then 10 years later, we got uh, ELO number, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember we were, <clears throat> we were, everybody was trying to figure out that system and how it works. Um, I think they're still trying um, to figure out how it works and what that is. Yeah. No, I, you know, people should go and look back. Uh, thankfully it's on YouTube. They should look back in like VIPL and, uh, world invitational. Those games, they're just really funny to me in terms of the builds and just the rest, like, um, the, the the level the competitive level of the players have has gone you know a long way since yeah, then. Yeah, for sure. And I, I you know we like we won the first IPL by like looking back. Obviously, we were the best team at the time. But looking back, it's it's almost it's just funny um, what the builds were and how everybody played. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very very raw, very new game. Yeah, going to that VP the VIPL and in Korea and everything that had to be a pretty surreal experience for this game. That was now, what was that like a year and a half into it? So it had just mm. two years, maybe it just recently launched on Android around that. Well, time. no, no, it was, um, it, for, it came out in North America just in November. Yeah. Right. So that was 2014, November and July, 2015, we were in Korea. Oh, okay. So even before so it wasn't even a year. Yeah. Android release. So, <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. The World uh, Invitational, I think, was right before. It was like late June, and then there was Android released July first, fifteen, and then VIPL first was like late August, September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did it feel strange? I guess does it feel strange looking back on it now that that moved as quickly as it did? Now that we're seeing maybe some changes and them stepping back from it, uh, that mm-hmm. amp- that amp- ramped up very quickly early on like that first six eight I, I, months was hyper speed <laughs> that that is true i mean the <laughs> the price pool for the first event was um basically as almost high as the recent price pools um, okay <laughs> if, you, if you look at a specific event right because we the first place we won thirty five thousand dollars in vipl um so that's the first place and then the second place got i think nine thousand no 15 or something and the third got nine Okay. I forget the exact breakdown, but the idea is there was a total of probably at least fifty thousand. Okay. Um, price pool for one single event. 
that was basically only yeah. North America because it was all on iPad. So there was it's a very small group or iOS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's yeah. It moved fast. I didn't. I do, I don't know. Um, I mean, the thing is, though, it, OGN, I think, hosted it. So I, I don't know who paid the bills, right? Yeah. I don't know if OGN picked it up because they wanted to. At the time, uh, Riot was giving OGN a lot of trouble. And OGN wanted to sort of look into other potential um, titles that can explode, right? Mm -hmm. uh, can and be accepted in the community. StarCraft was kind of fading and they didn't have Overwatch yeah. yet. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, it's quite possible to me. I can imagine that OGN paid for the, you know, for the bill. Um, but I have no idea. So if they did, then for Vainglory perspective, it didn't, you know, it, why not? Mm -hmm. like somebody comes to you and say, I want to help make your game more popular, give you great footage to use it marketing and all of that. Um, of course you accept that. Well, I believe OGN built the spec client, right? I, the SCMC, I'm sure worked with them, but it was built because of um, that. <laughs> well, yeah. So the story back then that Captain Nita gave is that, you know, a lot of people were bugging him about the spec client, right? Because we had the VGL North America before, and you know, you had to the third person on the team had to be the spectator. And I think the Captain Nita story is he was sitting. I think DZ Live would actually bother him a lot about that, oh, right. I, I, unless I'm getting the name wrong. And they were sitting, you know, in a bar or something, and and somebody was really telling him like, you need to build a spec client. That was like Friday or something. So Captain Nita was like, okay, whatever. So he went home and, you know, on Monday he showed the spec client. <laughs> okay, that's how, okay. That's like the beta, right? The first rough version of it. Um, I, that's, I believe that is the story. And I'm sure for OGN, they have to, of course, then to upgrade it a bit and uh, make sure it doesn't bug out and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was more community driven, I think. Right, okay. Yeah, that would make sense for DZ live stream if anyone remembers those yeah, days he was doing the fight nights and streaming basically other people playing the game and he would just cast them and basically show off a lot of cool graphics that weren't being seen in the mobile gaming space so and his setup yeah. was very crude and crazy at the same time from what i remember like foot pedals and <laughs> switchers <laughs> he loves and, his uh, main gear and just tens of thousands of dollars worth of production equipment yeah to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah it's uh Jesus line knows how to put it. His this quality of his production on his streams is quite, quite insane. Mm -hmm. So yeah, having him there early on doing that for the game and the people that were streaming it at that time were doing yeah. something unique and for a mobile game too. They were like, "I'm going all out. I'm doing everything here that you would see on a big AAA title. Let's go." Yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah. Um, all right, what's next? I'm, you know, I'm going through, I'm going with you through this memory lane. Yeah. But I'm excited to get to the part where we just talk random stories. Random stories. So, uh, so <laughs> was the stories. was the South Korea trip? Was that when you decided like, esports, you're all in, or had you already been dabbling in it prior to getting into Vanglory? Um, no, I, I personally was not. Um, I think Iraqi, it was more in terms of spectating. I know he, Iraqi also played at, he, he told me he was a red alert, like one of the best red alert players in the world, uh, common and conquer. And I think he might've had another game that he was quite successful in. Um, but you know, as far as individual competing, and then when we were in Korea, like there was a very specific moment when him and I were standing 
watching the stage and we just looked at each other and said, this is the shit. <laughs> like, okay. this is future, you know? And from there it was just, okay, what, what's, how do we do this? Um, yeah, so for me, it was definitely that moment. I, it was just very clear that this is coming to the rest of the world in the very near future. And this is what America will look like, you know, five to 10 years from then. Mm-hmm. And, and also I couldn't find what I was wanted to do in life, right? I was a software engineer, you know, you'd say successful one in terms of, uh, I was paid well and all of that, but I wasn't really passionate about it. I always wanted to do something in gaming, but I didn't want to be a software engineer in gaming. So when I went to Korea, I saw my opportunity, right? I can be a manager slash owner and apply my knowledge of uh, some knowledge of business, some knowledge of other things I learned along the way uh, without being an actual developer. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was exciting for me. So yeah, right after we got back, we incorporated, um, you know, as a company and, or at least started on that path. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think around that time and all the esports stuff taking off was, I, I feel like a, a really great moment for the game. And then when that Android launch happened, yeah. there was like so much just like, this is it guys. This is, this game is going to be huge. It's going to blow up. Aren't you glad we got in here in October, November of last year? Yeah. And like, this <laughs> yeah. is it. And then it just kind of, uh, it was just a steady climb. It didn't have that like ramp up that it had in that first six, eight months, like the hyper growth. And then it just felt like it was like, yeah. cool. Now what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, now this is it. No, now, now it's it. Yeah. It's now, <laughs> now this it's moment. Now. Yeah. Okay. This update though, this update though, man, this update, it's the good. next update, you'll be able to see other people's profiles. Probably. Probably not. I think. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's that was. Um, yeah, so maybe they went a bit to because you know we don't see on the we don't see behind the scenes, right? We we um we don't know how far along they really are in development and what kind of other foundation they have to build before they can sort of roll out these features in a in a fast succession. Uh-huh. And and then there's like the technical side of the you know developing the software you know from the technical dev the foundation to managing source code there's a bunch of things that you start doing as a bigger company that are pretty hard uh, to do uh, to scale and then you have the human resources side right where yeah. um, and sometimes you realize and of course they're venture funded so you you realize okay, crap we need twenty more people and maybe your investors say what do you need 20 more people for man <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe you don't have the amount of money to spend so then you have to fundraise and that takes you several months and then yeah i, I don't know i don't know much about the behind the scenes logistics but um but yeah, as I a, think, someone who does or did software you know that I, like yeah. there's a roadmap, so they have a plan for however long that is there's a yeah. group working on the current patch there's probably another group of people working on the next patch and then a smaller group modeling or designing stuff for the patch down there so there's there's a motion that happens so they know that if a feature is going to be in the game they have at least yeah yeah three months they know if it's even going to make it there because it would just be too long to be like oh yeah that's going in next week yeah for no, sure we've yeah, planned this, this. Should, I mean, for the main main features they know like a year ahead right yeah. um for like really big stuff but mm-hmm. things change so i i think i think so what i remember changes that they they hammered monetization really hard at some point right so we started seeing all these skins come out and all these different you know 
currencies and ways of <laughs> like way like the tiers of scams and this and that and I, I again I don't have this information but I'm thinking um, a directive came down from either investment group or from the CEO thinking hey if we monetize now and show good revenue right which every business has to do that at some point uh, then we can secure path for much longer in the future mm -hmm. uh, I would say oh, they good. started doing it too soon right because so much development effort went on monetization idea versus building the core product and then monetizing, right? And I don't know is it because it was a decision on a business side or because it just simply didn't have the luxury uh, that a lot of like, you know, some startups, it take five years, right? I mean, you have Magic Leap now who raised, I don't know how much they raised, billions, yeah, bi literally billions. And they haven't produced anything uh, <laughs> to the market. They haven't, they have basically zero revenue. Um, and they've been around for like seven years or something. So. It just depends on the product, depends on your investment banking, et cetera. Some people have more luxury. But I remember like myself and other people in the community were like, please let me have a way to like give you some money. Like I love this game. Sure. It's free. Sure. And so now sure. what everyone started doing was just making Smurf accounts and buying heroes. And so that like, I think messed up game growth numbers at the same time, right? Like, well, I want to support this game. And yeah, yeah. now I can't do anything on this account because I have everybody. No. I'll make a Smurf and I'll buy them. And at least there's 20 bucks I put in the game and felt like I, I contributed to it a little bit. Yeah, but like, I mean, sure, you thought that. But how many people, you know, what percentage of people are people like us, right? Like, was it 5%? <laughs> right, yeah. Um. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I don't think personally I... I like the elite community, their desires to help the company, I don't think they factored in very heavily because they obviously they have to look at the mass. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. yeah. yeah, that's something I've I think I've harped on. I don't know over the last like year or something. There's a group of people that, uh, like you said, want to buy stuff. There's a group of people that want to watch esports or support content, and that is tiny versus the people that just want to play one yep. game before bed or after work and that's it they yeah. all they know of the game they don't even watch a youtube video they don't even know there is video game content yeah. for this game out there and that's huge that's and they're yeah. not even level 10 or like they just got into the game it's brand new to them so and they don't care they don't have to be good either <laughs> so they're fine not being good yeah 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 no that core 10 minute experience has to be has to be excellent uh, for you to have really high active users. Mm -hmm. Speaking of talents. <laughs> yeah, no, speaking of talents. So. Oh, man. I never I never got into Blitz and uh, the Brawl modes as much because I like the core game experience and I. Yeah. that's what I enjoyed to play. Like, I wanted that competitive nature. So I didn't Dude, I love it. Blitz. Uh, <laughs> I used to, well, I used to love Blitz. I, I don't like it because of talents, but, man, that was like my... I, when that came out, I... I genuinely, I emailed them, I think, I emailed, I was, I don't know, who, I don't remember who I sent messages to, but I was like, you guys nailed it, you know? Um, I, I really thought they made one of the smartest decisions ever in the history of that game is to release Blitz mode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so yeah, for, for the it, time before Talents, it was like amazing. I, I had so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, back to the... I don't know, monetization of it all, if the talents were just there to bring in more money or if they were 
wanted to make it feel like a totally different experience. I'm not sure the the exact reason for the talents to get added. It was it felt it, it felt has strange. to be money. Yeah. It has to be money. Um because there are so many. Like they're actually really hard to make, right? That was so much effort spent on that. I mean, there's a gajillion of them. <laughs> Keeping track of them, trying to balance them at least somewhat, right? Um, right. And then coding, like they're not just cosmetics, right? So you have some code attached to almost every talent. Um, some of them just stats modifying, so that's easier. But some of them are, you know, mechanics modifying, like the, the you know, how many stars you can put a Celeste and just like three fireballs, right? As scarf. <laughs> um, so there is, yeah, I think, I, I think no company would ever spend that much development effort if they didn't think that it would be a great for them monetization wise, mm -hmm. uh, or it would significantly improve the game. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't understand how people would have thought that it would have significantly improved the game. Mm -hmm. And then the problem you have, if you play blitz or any of the brawl modes and you don't have talents, it's not as fun. It's it's maybe fun if you win and then you're like, oh, I beat you without talents. But at the same time, you're just like, I don't have three fireballs. I don't have oh, any. Yeah, playing against people. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> dude, I, I don't care what anybody says. It's pay to win. Like yeah. Blitz has become absolute pay to win. And because you have to play how many. I wonder if there is somebody that numbered, like how many hours you have to put in to get all the talents without paying. I don't. I don't even know if there's that many people that have all the talents. You know, Chief Pat probably has <laughs> yeah. them all. I am. And... <laughs> I am quite certain it's a literally inhumane number. Yeah. And so if I have to play your game for five years to get talents, those are not free to get. Like, <laughs> plus level, plus there. leveling them up, they get they get stronger. <laughs> so that's not even having them all. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, you know, twenty years, like it's clearly pay to win. Um, for those modes and and I, I yeah so I I think they knew that and I I, I assume there's a good reason um, and but you know I mean it's so, first it's fine like every every company's gonna make mistakes and I think that was one of their biggest ones um, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know why we were talking about this because you know that's fine um, but I think that's why they're they we're gonna try it I think it has to do with monetization okay makes sense yeah. But it's it's yeah. it's been fun to see them like they try these these modes they build this out they spend all that time building the talents, and now they've spent that time building five v five which, uh, I never I never asked for five v five I liked the three v three I liked that game, mm. uh, I was starting to get bored of three v three as you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. what uh 211 212 and that could have been the fact that I knew five v five was coming so it's tough to say like. I wasn't enjoying the game, yeah. but I knew there was something new but coming. So you you wanted more depth, right? Though you wanted, I, yeah, I did want more depth because you do start to get you get bored yeah. because you're like, oh, I can play all the heroes. All right, I'm yeah, at yeah. least competent in them. So let's now what? Now what do we do? So you did. Yeah. It was hitting a wall, I think, for a lot of people at that time. Yeah, I, I think people did want more depth. I think. Um, I did not ask for 5v5 either. In fact, I, I pushed very strongly for 4v4, mm -hmm. but I, I did want more depth. Like I I think the, the map was way too small. Um, you know, one jungle is not enough. You could have easily just added another jungle on top at least and still keep it one lane or just add the second lane. No, that's how you have 4v4. Or you could have, um, you know, one jungle that's bigger and then, you know, two lanes that um, you, could, you could have crisscrossed the lanes, you know. Yeah. Um, 
There's a lot of things you could do. I, I don't know how many of those ideas are actually great when it comes to playtesting and balancing and all of that. But I, I think people did crave, like, two or three was starting to get a bit stale. Sure. Um, uh, but you, you're right also in the sense that 5.5 was not the only solution, right? Um, so they picked 5.5, I think, for obvious reasons. It's marketing, it's familiar, people know that. And mm -hmm. people started then comparing that because, you know, there's a lot of that. It's a mobile game. It's 3 3 because it's mobile and it can't be as big or as good as desktop. And they're like, well, hold my beer. Right, <laughs> here you go. Here's Fog of War. Like what they, <laughs> what they built is very impressive, but... It's impressive. No, technologically, it's very impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard to say if it was the right move. Like I would love to see uh, them share some more of the like building the maps and like what other tests did you mm. guys just, did you just do a three lane map and be like, this is what it's going to be. It, it must be the best way. So let's just go with that and save time. Like that had to save time. Like we'll just go with this map and tweak from there. But was there other maps tested? How many other versions were there just to see if it was going to work? I don't think you'll ever, it's, well, the only, so the, you have, there's two choices here. A, they did that and they will be proud to show off, right? And say, we've done all this, you know, just for history and sort of documentary point. Mm -hmm. um, if they have not done that, they'll never admit it. Because right. then yeah. <laughs> it looks lazy, right? <laughs> and then it's, because also like fire fire thing at a time when they started thinking about it, it was very hard to do technologically. Yeah. So just choosing that was sort of, we are not even sure we can pull this off. Um, so they were forced to discuss other options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we did see, uh, I think it was like the two-year stream or something like that. We did, we saw, we've seen a lot of behind the scenes of Vanglory in the early days when it did have uh, two lanes, when there was drawings and stuff like that of other things that they tested or yeah. concepted way in the past. So maybe they went back to some of those. Maybe they're like, well, it didn't work then. Why is it going to work now? Let's go with what is tried and true and the players expect. Um, yeah. Because you yeah. know there, you know there would have been a group that would have said, "I want my League of Legends map. Where's that?" and get mad about a different map too. So there's there's really no win there for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just you just have to pick. I mean, it's you just have to pick something, and and stand for it. You pick what you think is fun and engaging. You mm -hmm. just don't. You just never care about the trolls and everybody who doesn't like it. Yeah. Uh, but you do want to care about feedback, and you do want to uh, make sure that. It actually is fun. It's not, you know, yeah. You, you can't be arrogant. No, for sure. <laughs> uh, so speaking of like memories and stories, was there, was VI, was the Korea trip your favorite memory of Anglory or do you have another one that's like uh, more prominent mm -hmm. and you look back on as like a huge highlight or a, a moment in the game for you? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, you're thinking for yours. Uh, I, uh, mine would probably be the first TwitchCon because I went. I went to that. Uh, that was the first time I met a lot of the developers and met other people that played this game in real life. Like, I one of my friends here in Chicago play it, and then Helsian Masters. He's here also, but I don't see him very often. And my friend that plays doesn't play that often that we talk about it. So, I knew zero people in real life that played this game. So it was very fun to go find out and go to TwitchCon and be like, hey, people, there's real people that play this game. Like, oh my gosh, like it's not just people on the internet that I talk to. Nice to, nice to finally meet you. Uh, so I think that was like just the, 
really fun moment and meeting the devs and realizing that they're passionate about the game and they're there and they want to talk to you about it. So it was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, were you here for the Android launch too? No, I didn't come out for that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So Korea, I think honestly, Korea is, was amazing. Um, and it's related to the game. And at the same time, Korea was amazing because uh, Seoul is amazing. And if you haven't been, you guys, everyone has been, you have to go. (laughs) So good. Um, I just, I like, you can, I always will remember walking on the streets late at night, you know, getting coffee at midnight, coffee shops filled with people, nobody sleeps. Um, (laughs) It feels very safe, you know, um, like you go through the streets and there's all these nightclubs and bars and, and, and just the way the interaction goes between males and females is so much seemingly more respectful. I don't know what they're saying, <laughs> but it feels like people feel at the, they're free and, and, and respect and all of that. Um, which, I mean, it's not like here, it's completely not that at all, but it just, it just feels like it's, it is statistically, I think, one of the safest cities in the world. And it does feel quite like that because people are out at all hours of night um, some malls close at 5 a.m. Um, bars close at five or six for like a couple hours, then they reopen. It's <laughs> it's just it, it it is you know dubbed as a city never sleeps for a reason, and and it's it, it was just amazing having all this freedom and not being like set to a specific schedule. You know, okay. uh, food is good, uh, drinks are good, just a lot of good stuff. Pretty city, you know, a lot just very. I mean, 25 million people. It's huge. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's built around this mountain, and there is a river goes around. It's just everything is. Um, you know, the public transportation is amazing. So anyway, so we had a lot of fun doing there, being there. And, you know, and then there's like, it's like we, we were often going to this tourist district uh, where there was this American owned bar called Southside. <laughs> and it's cool to go to Korea and be in the environment and the culture and then kept be able to talk to your bartender in pure English and ask for a really good drink that you know in your typical American bar and they'll make a really good drink there, right? And then you sit on the rooftop and just, yeah, uh, that was that was a really good time. My other moment was July first, so when the Android launched, it was a cool party, and yeah. it was just great to have all the people together. Uh, lots of great energy, uh, everybody playing, you know, just for the sake of playing. There is no, uh, I, I think the reason another reason why those members are very fond for me is because there was no competition. Yeah, there was in some ways. The esports scene was just started and the teams weren't there yet and there was no like uh cutthroat stuff happening it was just like i'm really good at the game i have a team there was no cutthroat stuff (laughs) no drama and everybody wanted to help each other just you know and and if somebody succeeded um they were actually happy for you so Mm -hmm. i think that made everything feel incredible i mean it's like imagine being a family where if you succeed people like get upset or try to you know steal things from you so you can't succeed the next time mm-hmm. yeah. and that and then that party had a lot of people there that were part of the game early on that almost none of them are here anymore i know xenotech that was kind of one of his first parties vainglory parties he went to and he's still you know here playing the game uh, but yeah, yeah. DZ, dz and ferris are gone i think chuck from the fold was at that party uh oh man chuck yeah so uh, there's a lot of people. I tried to bring Chuck so many times. I tried to bring him back because he's such an amazing personality to have. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Chuck, there was Captain Jeffy. Um, um, I think Lady Wabish 
and Gibbs his, might yeah. have been there. Gibbs, uh, yes, Gibbs was there. Uh, see, I wasn't even there, and I know everyone who was at that <laughs> party. <laughs> Brizzle McFizzle uh, was there, yeah. Brizzle. Uh, yeah, but there's still also, I mean, the time people that were there are still, still around. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but yeah, with, with Chuck and the Fold, like, uh, that ending was a huge blow to the community, and like, mm-hmm. his, their podcast did something different than mine did that was more about the news and spotlighting the community, where theirs was about educating people to get into the game and understanding it. And then you have, you know, now you have time for rolling esports that focuses on the esports scene. So you needed these little niches that were really good to help uh, cater to people that like the game. And so it's, it's sad to see so many of these kind of go away and end uh, now, but it just happens. It happens. Yeah. I mean, change is the only constant. So. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, uh, those are good times. Uh, uh, so now, what's up for Gangstars now that you have no more Vanglory? What's uh, what's on the horizon? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Gangstars is actually doing really well. Um, as a, I think explained in my blog, uh, Vanglory, we started there, obviously, and I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I, I don't, I mean, I don't have an eight crystal ball, you know, maybe we could have started somewhere else and be just as successful or more. Um, but I think that's kind of a lame thing to say at the same time, because we could also have not done anything. And I mean, who knows what life could have been. So the fact is we did start there. And the fact is we, you know, we were able to win thanks to, you know, Iraqi gave us a little, um, mm-hmm. and we got the month sponsorship, which was, you know, quite good, uh, I was really shocked when I accepted the number I sent to them. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch, I, I sent it to Twitch too, and Twitch said, you know, F off. And um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and Mob Curse said, okay. <laughs> Just goes to show kids, you, you don't ask for it. Yeah, Twitch is still here. Mob Crush is, you know, they're doing, they're doing <laughs> yeah, something but, now. Know, but <laughs> Maybe Twitch was smarter, but uh, I, I think honestly, I, you know, Mob Crush paid other people too. So I don't think yeah. what they paid us was that no, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it was great for us. You know, we reinvested uh, most of it into Vainglory, but some of it into other places. And um, honestly, we invested very little in other places. Like our first Paladins team was free. Um, H1Z1 team, we didn't pay them. We, we haven't paid them anything until this H1PL it starts. Uh, okay. we, our agreement was that we take care of their travel to DreamHacks, right? Okay as part of the elites here. So we gave them opportunity to go and secure prize pool, you know, plus co-promotion and all of that, but there was never salary. Um, with, you know, critical ops, there was no salary at the beginning. And then when Phoenix started to do their thing, put it that way. And, you know, that we had to counter that with, you know, offering headsets and, and, and eventually small salary. Um, but really, it was very tiny. So Vainglory, we, we put almost everything we ever had back into Vainglory. Mm-hmm. Um, and until about, until March of 2017, where, you know, the new Paladins team there, sorry, the, we only had one Paladins, what am I? So in the Paladins team, we started paying them at some point, a uh, small amount. I just actually don't remember which one, where, uh, at which point. Um, But in Paladins, though, we, we actually made back all the money. So we, because we paid whatever we paid. So I'm not going to say numbers, but let's say 
uh, we paid them one X. And then when we sold them to Ninjas in Pajamas, after we had to leave, we couldn't join Premier League because we were not part of WESA right. um, yet. We sold it for three X. So okay. we made, that was a great investment. So we, we never lost money on any game. Come to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, we lost a little bit. We're losing a bit of money on Critical Ops because the scene is not quite there yet. And we're now losing money on Fortnite because there is no esports scene. But I think it's a very worthwhile investment. Probably, short term. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, we invested basically 90% of our money back into Bangor. Uh, but the 10% we didn't invest elsewhere paid off really, really well. Mm-hmm. for us um and yeah we have you know amazing critical ops team world champions etc they are um um you know there's been a, a LAN event announced soon which that's about as much as i can say i don't think they have announced who else is going but i will say we're north american champions um and you know paladin's team they have an event in um at esports arena the new esports arena in las vegas okay yeah on may 4th to 5th Right. So, and then they have another event uh, based on their qualification in Atlanta at the end of May. It's more like private. It's at high res headquarters. Oh, cool. But they have two events in May, and then of course H1Z1. We got a franchise. Um, that's our biggest deal right now, and that's starting April 21st. And between you know before this podcast and right after this podcast, I'm just running around like a chicken with my head cut off, <laughs> <laughs> trying to. You know, we're getting flights and everything. Um, very, very excited. I, to me, H1Z1 franchise is is a great opportunity for us to show kind of division that we've always had, but never had a true chance to implement. Yeah, yeah. And to some degree, it's not you know, it's not Overwatch League like level, right? We we don't have tens of millions of dollars or even five million dollars to run this or anything like that. But we have a few dollars. Mm-hmm. So. so, so putting all that money back into Vanglory. That, that probably leaving I think you said it in your blog post just like it's it's hard to leave because you started there and you put so much time and effort into it uh, yeah same yeah. with same with me now like 200 episodes of the podcast countless videos on YouTube it's just kind of like all right that's there goodbye I it's like putting it in your closet and being like well yeah. I don't want to throw this away yet but I'll just store it here for now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, so originally I was going to just leave Vanguard, right? We were going to just depart period. Um, because frankly, there was a little bit of salt, you know, it's like we didn't get franchise, right? Like, come on, we didn't get franchise. <laughs> what the heck? Um, but you know, you, you, you take a day, you think about it and they need to do what they need to do to make sure the game is successful. Yeah. And it's their game. Like, who in the world am I to tell them how to run the game? My job is to give feedback. My job is not to. Um, <laughs> my job is not to build the game. So, um, you know, after that, we thought, well, we have so many fans, you know, across the world in Vainglory that leaving permanently on for any sort of emotional reason is just stupid. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I love the game. We, I mean, the half of people on our staff love the game because it came from from being glory the other half just hasn't you know they're into other games um yeah so we wish to the best and store it for now and maybe one day we'll come back yeah uh for me yeah i think i i am probably done with it but i would love to see where it takes off in a year if i was to come back and play it again but now it's been 
it's been two weeks since I've played the game. I know you don't you don't play that much because you're often busy flying around and going <laughs> to all this other stuff and managing. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But going from basically posting a video every day to now not playing for two weeks, it's really weird. And you're like, what did I do? How how did I have so much time to play the game that was like two hours, an hour every night just to get a video put together? It's like, I don't know where those that time went now this past week of or two weeks of not playing <laughs> um yeah um yeah i don't know man it's i i don't play it anymore lately too so that's the thing um i haven't played Vainglory consistently since like october okay or something you know um I don't know. I, I I have to do so. I don't play a lot of games. Period. I play very very little amount of games. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty detached from it. Um, it's always going to be home. Like I, there's so many people there. Like in at both SMC and in the community. Uh, definitely sad and for me in some ways, but also so it's sad and so I wish them good luck. But it's also relieving. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's like you know. It's like leaving a relationship. You, you gain this new sense of freedom, you know, that, hey, I'm on the market now. <laughs> yeah, I think I uh, I used that relationship breakup when I was talking to Wolf Hands over uh, Slack or something. I was like, a lot of people, like, you, you know this relationship is over, but sometimes you hang on to it for longer than you should, like, hoping that it'll change or get better. But uh, you need to just, like, walk away and be like, okay, that didn't. Yeah. There's probably something else out there, so let's do that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we are. Uh, so, by the way, you asked what's gangster, next for Gangster. So, we're getting to PUBG Mobile as well. We're about to announce that. Oh, nice. Um, excited. I mean, that game looks great. It's a great mobile game. Um, and Fortnite, we have some news coming up in Fortnite. Mm -hmm. um, not huge, huge. Like, we're not getting a franchise. Well, maybe eventually, but we're definitely not. Um, but it's, yeah, so. It, I don't know if you remember, like Dane Skid did this skit. Dane, sorry, Dane Cook Dane did Cook, this skit okay. uh, where he was talking about relationships and how hard some, you know, sometimes it, to leave. And he did this like voice impersonation. He said, "Well, I can't leave him because he got my CDs in his cars. Like he beats okay. me every day, but I can't just leave him. <laughs> All my CDs are in his truck." <laughs> it's like it's like we have these unreasonable excuses reasons yeah for staying with yeah for sticking to something that uh perhaps for us isn't working out so mm -hmm. but i i would say i don't i don't buy into a lot of the vainglory is dying or all this kind of drama that's been on twitter right. i will say i don't think the game got as big as we all wanted it to so it's it's not even it can't it yeah. can't die because it it didn't even get there yet i don't think it's it's big enough to die yet <laughs> yeah Maybe, it, it's never yet. been truly alive yeah um, <laughs> like i hate i hate it, to say that it's but seen it, like yeah. no i mean it's not in a negative way like it, yeah. in, in the sense that it's true moments like it it um it was over exaggerated yeah right and it was over marketed in some ways but it, it's it's best moments are still ahead of it if ever like we just it just never was a huge game period like statistically it was never a big game yeah. Um, you know, like I think Dragonborn asked me on Twitter about Critical Ops. I'm like, dude, Critical Ops is so many times more users than Vainglory, and, and it's it's you know it's barely known yet. 
Um, and it's not to say that Bangalore is doesn't have many users. I'm just saying, or like Clash Royale, right? Like Clash Royale is a game that actually is alive, yeah, or gotten to be alive in that sense. Like it's huge. Now, I think Bangalore can have a chance to be that size one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't buy that it's necessarily dying. I I don't agree with a lot of decisions that are being made, though, is my honest thing. And I am very doubtful about the future of Inglory based on these business decisions. Um, but that's sometimes like you don't understand something. And then six months later, you know, you see the genius of it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I've never built a video game. No, yes, I don't <laughs> like. I can I can judge all I want, uh, but I think until I build a, a Clash Royale or a Fortnite, I, you know, my opinion is just that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it's been it's been a fun ride. I don't I don't regret playing the game. I don't regret making content no, for not. it. I don't any of the things that I've done or sacrificed to do this. It's it's been fun because it's all been basically because I like the game. I haven't maybe had the Patreon page or monetization on YouTube. Like that's that's nothing. That's like that doesn't even equate to I could go out to dinner and or not go out to dinner and make more money than that. <laughs> so yeah. Like it's it's not it was never for the money for me. It was because I like the game. So but, I mean, I used to play World of Warcraft, you know, no longer, yeah. but it doesn't take away from the fact it was an amazing experience and the game in and of itself is doing just fine with, with me or in it or not. So, mm-hmm. well, I, <laughs> you know. I, yeah, well, I think that probably, that probably does it for this episode. I, yeah. Pawn, oh, thanks for whatever, dude. Joining we got me. like forty more minutes. <laughs> Just keep talking we, and go on and yeah, on. We, you know, we haven't talked about how NA owns EU yet. Yeah, <laughs> which is my other highlight from, I think, from my tiny little highlight from this whole thing. Um, I mean, you you might add this out, but like, if you need to go, that's great. But if you want to talk. Uh, I, like, I think it'd be good for viewers to just reminisce on stories. Oh, for sure. Like, what like do you positive what do you, experiences? Yeah. What do you What do you got? Like, I think uh, it's funny how much I've or I've been a part of the game because early on, like I was talking about, like getting in with Cider Helm, but I remember like watching streams, like Shinkaigen streams on Twitch were great, and he was a big voice that I think got a lot of people excited and taught people how to play this game. No matter how many how much there is of people who are saying Twitch isn't a good marketing tool. Shin playing the game on Twitch in the early yeah. days was a huge boost for the community and it helped us yeah. all realize that hey people play this game and other people want to learn how to play it and it was it was huge and now uh, not to say the people that are streaming now aren't doing a good job it's just it's not the same um yeah I guess I, I don't know what the solution is but yeah mm-hmm. um I, I think I mean I so I would assume that's what they want to focus on is to make it a lot more fun and a lot more casual, yeah. right? Because if you if you don't focus on esports scene, then obviously you want to focus on something else. Um, and, and I think that'd be great. Like, it, it needs to be a more fast fast paced uh, fast paced game. That's what I would change about Fire Five right now. Yeah, and something that people can really enjoy watching and spectating. Um, yeah, so they invest in that, and just there's more about this thing, like, I, I think the whole streaming and having more fun and just being more community oriented, 
um, I, I think we'll get that feeling again. Mm -hmm. And yeah, going back to what I said in the beginning, I think that needs to happen from a whole group of new people, the old yeah. people that love 3v3. Yeah. Uh, you need to step aside and let a new group in, make podcasts, stream, make videos, talk about the game, educate a new group of people coming in and don't get hung up on like, oh, well, you're not old school, so I'm not going to listen to you. Well, this new person, so might, be, old? Yeah, this new person might be great and love the game even more. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope hope that's what, SEMC realizes and what they're doing and will stop pulling the people that make great content from the community and go work for them because that that eats up the talent than the people that make stuff too like having hiring people that love the game is great and it was awesome that they did that but it pulled away a lot of stuff that was getting made too so that was rough to see sometimes <laughs> yep yeah I, I you know I don't know if, if I was CEO of um, SMC, I think what I would do is a I would um I would simplify the currency system, right? I mean, don't reinvent the wheel, follow Clash Royale, et cetera. There's so many other games out there that have essentially three currency system is the golden rule mm -hmm. uh, or three currencies. Uh, so you have like your gems, ice, whatever you can buy with money. You have your in-game thing that you earn, glory, blah, blah, you know, that you earn by playing. And then you might have a third one like essence or something that is kind of convertible. Uh, like you destroy items, you trade or something like that. Yeah. That's it. There should never be any other uh, currency. Um, yeah, well, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but like that's what I would do that. And I would reduce the amount of sort of like, I, I'm really glad they, they stopped tiering of system of system. Like Tommy with and the, I talked about tiers with the cards, like, or with the skins, yeah. with the skins. Yeah. So we talked about that and um, well, I can't, you know, I have signed NDA with, with them. So most things that talk to anyone at SMC is sort of under NDA. Um, but we talked about that and like my, you know, I, I expressed my opinion that you should just have skins, you know, yeah. uh, the tiers were interesting, but I think you expressed it too. Like who wants to buy tier one? <laughs> so, yeah, it was a neat idea, but like, yeah, once you have tier three, tier one sucks, right? No matter what it <laughs> <yeah>. is. <laughs> tier one is just a hype train for tier three. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's good. Um, I don't like blueprints right now. I think they'll change it. I think the crafting or like you need to, you, the ability to craft or like make something, you know, there's a crafting systems in many games and ability to collect things and then put them together that in and of itself gives you pleasure. Right? Yeah. Like that's something that most games have because of that. Um, yeah, focus on that and just UI, like lots of UI features are needed. Mm -hmm. um, like if I open Arena of Valor or Mobile Legends or I don't know, ROS, you know, PUBG Mobile, there's so many UI settings. There's so many cool ways to customize your experience. Uh, watch your stats, you know, look up other people's stats. You know, you have leaderboards, you have a gajillion of things. Some some games allow you to watch tournaments from inside the app. Yeah. Um, did they... I think absolutely needed. Did they miss an opportunity by doing 5v5 and not doing it as a separate game where they could have put some of these new things in and rebuilt from the ground up because like like i said making stuff every week or in their case they have to put out a new patch yeah. every month they're often just like having to fix what was broken and new stuff right, doesn't right. get added as much because it require it requires rewriting from the ground up that's a much harder and much longer process yeah i don't know you know you're saying so maybe split a team off and say you do five v five you, you should have did yeah. sort of maintenance team behind. 
Yeah, the game is called yeah. Vainglory 5v5 now. When you download it, it's not Vainglory. It's Vainglory oh. 5v5. So they could yeah. have put out a separate game, although yeah. it would have been two games. They could have rebuilt the new one from the ground up. I, I think I know legally why they did that, but I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. May or may not have to do with franchises. Um, it, it's... I, maybe I, I think they have very limited amount of human resources, you know. So oh, sure. we can suggest, you know, a lot of things that I'm sure they understand they need to do that. Um, but there's just, I, I think SMC's major uh, hardship, so to speak, or major mountain to climb is ability to hire people. Like okay. they seem to, like they have, like, I know they have a few new people, like I think Christian posted or whoever. Um, but they it's not like they tripled in size in the last yeah. two years. You know, their number of good engineers and stuff is not, doesn't seem to be, I mean, it's obvious by the fact of like how slow the features are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think if they solve that, they, I think they have a pretty decent grasp on what to do. They just need to have the human capital mm -hmm. to pull it off. Well, you're in San Francisco, you know that finding those people are, incredibly hard and if you get them they are incredibly expensive so um, they're in this place yeah, that but has a lot of people but they also need us it is other companies do it so yeah at this point it's like stop saying that and just do it like <laughs> find a human resource person who is capable to do it like i don't know what's the problem is but hmm. you can't you know it's i mean i support them all because like i said i have friends there and i understand the hardships but if you go you know, if you go to your investor and say, I have trouble doing that, like it's, it's either you do or you don't, you do or you die, right? Like nobody cares about your excuses and you know, San Francisco too expensive, we'll move to another city. Yeah. Like you, you, as a, as an entrepreneur, I understand that like, sometimes I have to just look to myself in the mirror and say, whatever I think that are my excuses is simply irrelevant. It's like, what are you <laughs> going to do about it? Right. And it's just, and if I don't, then the whole thing fails. So, mm -hmm. I personally have stopped giving them, um, I don't know, like I think after three years, that's no longer as an excuse. So it's just, just get it done. Yeah. Um, like hire people to teach you, to train you, like other companies doing it. Like <laughs> SMC is by far not the only company in, in this Bay Area that has a lot of good engineers. So mm -hmm. um, what needs to be done to make it happen? Yeah. And, and, and maybe like that whole denial is, is the problem is like, keep saying to yourself, it's hard or, uh, I don't know. But that, that sentiment, it I think, is... sounds harsh, but sometimes you need tough love. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but that's the thought of the community as a whole right now and why maybe there's so much drama because three years of being told it's coming or, like, we're working on it and not right. seeing it has finally just kind of... It's tipped people. Like, look, we haven't had this, this golden toad. For some reason, this is a feature or something that's been mentioned <laughs> why? For, yeah, why for three months. And it's not even in the game. It's a model that you can just put in the game. I don't know why it's not there. And I don't know why yeah. they keep talking about it being there. Uh, when it's just a model. Right. Just put in the yeah, game. At some point, <laughs> something like that becomes more of a PR thing. Like, if you promise something... You better divert resources from elsewhere. Just implement that thing because otherwise you look like you're a liar or somebody who's not good at filling promises. Yeah, I don't know right, if like, it's in this next version, the like whatever the three twelve. I don't know what version we're on now. Yeah, but <laughs> like I, I agree, it's not an important feature, 
like do people really care what it looks like no but you said it's going to be a toad <laughs> so make it a freaking toad and like cut some other feature uh <laughs> i mean you want people to trust the things you say you can't you know um i mean i i do that too like i, I you know i'm being harsh but i i mean i look and i like look my ceo like we have conversations where he goes dude you promised we're gonna get this far at this point or like we're gonna do this and the new stuff hits you know and you can't always execute um when you you know when you say things uh, you, I think it's important to try at least to communicate. Um, but for them, like, I mean, hell, I don't have funding though. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a freaking toad. Like <laughs> they put so many new characters into the game. They have flying, amazing dragons. It's like, can we make one of the wings on the dragon have less uh, t <laughs> triangles or something like yeah, <laughs> less, less detail poly, yeah. and just less polygons put a freaking toad in the game. <laughs> I don't uh, know. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's one of those. So when it, you're right, though, when it comes to sort of a boiling point, then um, small things become really uh, your your you know your buttons and yeah. everything small that doesn't shouldn't matter is not really relevant in reality um, mm -hmm. becomes an issue. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll see, but I don't know it's. Um, It'll be nice, like uh, you said, yeah. like being a step away from it and not having to uh, be yes. invested in yes. it and talk about it. You can just kind of look at it and be like, okay, what's happening in the Vanglory esports scene? Oh, okay, I'm going to tune in for a little bit and watch something. Uh, who's playing? Oh, some of the names I recognize, some of them I don't. Okay, and then you can step away. You don't have to watch for five hours a day or know who everyone is and keep track of stats and everything. So it'd be, it'd be nice to be uh, a an outsider for a little bit. <laughs> I look forward to going to events and supporting teams with zero stress. Yeah. And <laughs> like being able to talk to the devs too and say, hey, how's it going? You know, what, what, what are you, what troubles you're facing, what's happening and, and listen and sort of be there for them without always thinking, is this good for the game? Is this bad for the game? How's it going to reflect on franchises? How's it going to reflect on esports? Yeah. I no longer care. Um, and so that maybe in that way I can be a lot more helpful <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> some less de I'm detached. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year for the game. And I think that yeah. we'll see what, we'll see what happens or, or I won't because I won't be as invested in it. So, <laughs> so what's up with you? You know, what's next for you for B-Rad? Uh, for me, like uh, the choice to step away at the moment probably came at a good time because uh, one of our my employees at Loose Keys decided to leave. So being make sure I can focus on the business that actually makes money uh, is important yeah. first. And so yeah. as I uh, get that all straightened out and growing, then I think I can decide if I want to take on another side project or build another YouTube channel or what that, what that entails. Uh, so it's kind of... At the moment, nothing new. So we're gonna have to see what what comes up. Okay. Or see what see what opportunities arise too, right? Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, what games are you playing right now? Uh, honestly, like yourself, I don't really play a lot of games. Like I recently got a VR headset and looking into that space as a whole. So I've okay. been messing around with those games, and that's kind of interesting. But I have no games on my phone. And Vanglory was the game on my iPad, and I haven't even used my iPad for oh, two weeks. So I don't, I don't play games. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you have become like me. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
Um, yeah, but, people ask me like, oh, you know, why did you go into this business? And I said, because I love games. I said, you play a lot of games? Actually, no, I don't play a lot of games anymore. Yeah. I, I look at spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the experience of them and I like the worlds that they build, but I am, I am not great at games. I was pretty decent at Vainglory, but I'm not, I'm not very good at them as a whole. So I don't play a lot of them for very long because... I'm not good at them. So I'm like, oh, this sucks. I can't beat this level. I'm out. Like this is, but I like the stories. I like all the artwork and the designs and everything that goes into them. So I think that's what captures me a lot of the time. Yeah. Same. Uh, my girlfriend has been playing, um, V has been playing a lot of games lately. Okay. Mostly puzzle because I introduced her to the room. And um, yeah, if you haven't played the room, everyone freaking great. If you like puzzle games sort mm-hmm. of uh, so now we're doing adventure games and just uh, like art games and trying to figure things out um, oh, nice. in terms of what are the best games on there. Uh, <laughs> in that space. I, it's been a long time since I looked, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, then you um, can look at stuff that's not um, an eSports game. When you have to think of it, is this good eSports game? Yeah. No, it's a puzzle game. There's no eSports here. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah thanks, for, yeah, thanks for being a part of it. You were on uh, many episodes, including our, our Unity fake April Fool's <laughs> episode that we did. Yeah. So um, lots of lots of good memories had. Um, yeah, and thank you to Vainglory. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful memories so far. The best of luck to everyone who stays in Vainglory. Um, please don't be a complete troll on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, don't post... I mean, you can post whatever you want. It's Twitter. It's your opinion. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm very grateful. Um, and I, there are a lot of smart people there, and I hope it um, becomes big. Yeah, so be sure, yeah, be sure to follow Palm by Ukrainian on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at BRED on Twitter. You know, Shadow the Vein Twitter probably is not going to get updated very much. Um, <laughs> so definitely follow me. And I tweet lots of different stuff on my account if you want more than just Vanglory. So check that out. And yeah, thanks everyone for supporting, watching, sharing, commenting on all these episodes over the years. It's been a blast and take care. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Let's get this over with. <laughs>